Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the This Is iBrooks podcast. My name is Martin Douglas, and joining me tonight are Scott Patterson and Willie Boyd. How are you doing, guys? Hi, Martin. How are you doing? I am. I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, This Is iBrooks is more than just a podcast. If you head over to our website at thisisibrooks.wordpress.com, you'll see plenty of articles, blogs, match reviews, plenty of stuff to see. So uh, go and check that out. Um, you can download the podcast from iTunes, Acast, Google Play, wherever you get your pods from. If you want to follow us on social media, if you go to Twitter, it's at This Is Ibrooks. Instagram, just search This Is Ibrooks. Facebook.com forward slash This Is Ibrooks. You get the idea. Right, lads. Wednesday night, Rangers Hamilton. Scott, what happened? Uh, you know, you got to say it was a horrible night. Um, really, sorry, without sounding sort of standard stuff, it was a, a really bad night at the office for, I would say, just about every one of them. Um, really, sort of low key performance, I felt, pretty much from start to finish. Um, going into the game, I felt we looked probably still a little bit dodgy after what had happened at Tynecastle. Um, Gerard had kind of left one or two of them without a name um, going into the tie. I don't know, part of you almost thinks that it's Hamilton at Ibrox, so it shouldn't really be a, a great problem. We should be able to turn them over. Um, and I just felt that for, for the best part of the game, we had reasonably decent bits of play, but the final third was was pretty rotten. Um, plenty of chances, enough chances to probably win three or four games in all honesty. Um Hit the bar a couple of times, um, and, and we've had our chances to win the game. Haven't they done it? Goldson and Tav obviously get involved in a, a bit of brain fart again. And um, I actually thought McGregor was going to knock one of them out last night. I really did. Um, it was a terrible night, Martin. It was, um, it was not nice to be there. And at the end, it was, uh, I, the Bears weren't happy, and um, rightly so. Well, were you expecting not just a change to the formation, but were you expecting more change to personnel? Well, with the injuries at Jack and Arfield, although Jack actually made the bench, um, I suppose, I don't know, not really. You've just got used to the formation sticking the same and the players kind of maybe move one or two in and out of the team. But other than that, no, not really. I kind of, I wanted it. I wanted the, the changes and that, but... I knew it wasn't coming. I think even when, like when you were when you were travelling in and you were sort of seeing what the team was, and you saw that it was a front three. So Morelos was back. We'll probably speak about him a little bit later. Um, Hadji was playing and Camberry was playing. So it's the three that you probably would have liked to have played. Going on previous form, Camberry was was good in Braga. Um, Hadji the same, Morelos has to play, in my opinion. Um, 
So the team selection I thought was was okay, considering as you say we were missing Arfield certainly for the squad and um, Jack was out as you rightly say Willie, although he, made, he did make the bench. Um, the formation was a was a bit. It, it just it never changed for me in that sense. I I heard and read rather on my way in as we parked up at the ground um, that there was a a possibility of a diamond. Now I didn't see a diamond at any any point. Um, on Wednesday night at all um, it was very much the standard sort of stuff if anything I felt there was parts of the game we were playing two sort of guys holding ahead of the back four which uh, Ibrox against Hamilton I'm really not sure you need frankly Right so William let's take a look at the first half um, for me the first 10 minutes nothing really happened we looked extremely nervous and then as the first half grew on, we seemed to gain a little bit more confidence and we created a, a couple of chances. Um, what, what was your take on the, the first half as a whole? I think we controlled the first half, to be honest. Um, dominated possession, got into good areas at times. And I don't know, just looking back at the stats as well, 16 goal attempts, only four shots on goal, that's... Rather pathetic, to be honest. It's not even half your attempts. But, I don't know. Hadji kind of done really well. Um, with a bit of kind of inventiveness when he tried to kind of flick the ball over his head. Just kind of went over and rustled the top of the net. But, I can't really remember. Well, Camberry as well. He had a, a good, or a good bit of play between Aribo and Kamara, I think it was. Yeah, a good kind of one-two between them and then Tamberi uh, kind of got a shot away. But I, I thought the goalkeeper made a really good save from it, to be honest. I thought the goalkeeper actually played quite well all night, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah listen, he absolutely did. He was very good. Very good, I thought. Yeah, well, there's Manchester United scored a third goal. Sorry, guys, I'm doing the pod and keep one eye on the <laughs> Manchester United game. That's how bad it's got. Um, the... The, right, so half time, right? We won't bother going through the rest of the first half, guys. Um, it's Hamilton we're playing at home, so half time you're going at no, no. We've we've played okay, and you're thinking to yourself, right? But we're not in the best form. Um, the, the players obviously are full of confidence, but they've created enough chances that we'll come out in the second half and we'll, we'll score one or two, um, and then we'll we'll go home and we'll rethink it. Second half, Scott. We created a few more chances. We looked okay, yep. but it's Hamilton at home. So I mean, you, you only take so much for that. Hamilton score, and then we shit the bed. I mean, ultimately in the second half, um, we just never done enough. Uh, or anything remotely close to being enough. Um, Morelos is a header that hits the bar. Uh, Hadji hits the bar as well, although I, I, I if memory serves me right, I think the goalkeeper put it onto the bar, so it was a cracking save. Um, there was a couple of efforts that went right across the goal. Um, so, we, I mean, I, there was chances there in the second half for us to try and get back in. It was just that sort of cutting edge. That probably sounds very much the day, and I don't mean it to be. There was certainly something missing in that final third. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it was. Morelos was a wee bit sheepish during the night perhaps for obvious reasons. Um, he played okay, I thought, for, for being jettisoned and by his own sort of errors. Uh, you'd like to see more from him, 
And as I said at the intro, he he needs to play for for Rangers to to sort of get back into a way of of winning and scoring goals. Morelos, he he has to play. He just he has to be involved. The second half was not much better than the first. I never felt, um, and you could tell as the as the second half went on. Of course, Hamilton scored. Um, it was the the pressure was getting higher and higher and higher. And as I say, the the reaction at the end was was pretty vocal from the from the supporters. And um, as I say, rightly so, it should have been. Well, as 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 soon as the Hamilton goal went in. I pretty much knew that was it. I think most of the supporters in the ground knew that was it. Um, we're going to come on to talk about the manager in a minute. But um, it's not the manager that that misses a target for two yards out. It's not the manager that misses a header from three yards out. Sean, what, what, what the players do you think? Because we are going to come on and talk about the manager, but because I've changed my opinion three or four times on whether he should stay or whether he should go, whether he's lost the dressing room. Um, but you see the performance in Europe and then you see the performance when they come back domestically. So what's going on with the players? It's a good question. If somebody could solve that out, would be in a far better position than we've turned out to be. Um, I don't know, it's just hard to put a finger on, really. Um, just sort of like they've gave up in the league, to be honest. That's just what it looks like. Too many errors in, in defence. No keeping the composure in front of goal. See, Scott, what I was basically, what I'm basically trying to get at is see if that was, see if we were playing decent football for the turn of the year and we were doing okay, and that game happens exactly the way that happened last night. Can we just yeah. chalk? Could we, could we have chalked that up to a couple of missed chances and a goalkeeper having a good performance? Well, I think you probably could. To be perfectly honest with you, I think I, I think he could. Um, as we've said, the goalkeeper, he, he did have a, a good night. He, I mean, he really did. But, um, the the one thing we probably should mention as well, and this surprised me in the, the, um, on the, as we were standing, just waiting for the guys to come out the tunnel. They were watering the pitch before it. Now, the pitch has been sort of spoke about at length since we came back after New Year and just how bad it's been. I thought last night it looked absolutely horrendous again. It looked absolutely terrible. Now, there's no denying that the 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 pitch is um, is really cutting up badly in places. Right across the centre of the park is pretty rotten, to be honest. Um, but there was moments where you could actually see it was affecting the game. I'll give you an example. There was a moment in the first half and Kamara played a ball along the ground and it was, it, it was trundling its way to Barisic and you just know that if it was if that pass was happening the sort of um, other side where we had the decent six months of the season that ball had been zipping right into him so I think the pitch is actually having a bit of a detrimental effect, effect rather on the way that the guys are playing and I know do you know what I mean there'll be people who are listening to that thinking that's a lot of shite do you know what I mean that's just a, a rubbish excuse but do you know what I mean? there'll be people it, shouting at you right now saying you're talking rubbish with a pitch but it, it's, it's true I mean you if you had went out to that pitch last night, you tried to roll the ball along the turf, it would have been bobbling, it would have been slow, it would have been sticky. And ultimately what we want to do as Rangers fans, when we go to watch our team, we want to see a, a, a quick, zippy game, fast, nice free-flowing football with the midfielders out to the flanks and up the lines. We're not getting that just now. And one of the main reasons that we can't get that just now is because the, the, the pitch 
and there are other reasons, of course, that, but the pitch is not helping the way that you're trying to play football just now. Right, okay, let's let's leave the Hamilton game there. Let's talk about the players. Since the turn of the year, Morelos came back, obviously was suspended for a couple of games, but he looked to me as if he'd put on a wee bit of weight. Now, I know that in, in your chats offline, Sam had a go at me for saying it, he wouldn't accept it, but he has, he's put on weight. He looked disinterested, and then he was late home. Um, Scott, have, is, is enough enough with Morelos, or do we keep the faith in him? Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Morelos, I really am, similar to us all, certainly. Um, if we could keep him for another season, I definitely would. I absolutely would, without any shadow of a doubt. I know that there's, there's guys that um, will ultimately say that we should cash in on him just now when his values are a reasonable amount. There's other guys there that I would cash in before I would cash in on Morello. So my answer to that would be to keep him. Um, I think he's he's worth his weight and <laughs> um, gold to us just now. Which is quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, if, if we keep him um, and the discipline issues continue, is that not just going to drive his value down? I think so, yeah. I think clubs and clubs are definitely looking at that rather than maybe goals as well. Like They'll be kind of taken for the point of view where he's probably going to miss maybe, what, five matches plus a season if he continues the way he's going right enough. But up until, what, the 29th, his discipline was excellent, I thought. Absolutely right. We also have to caveat it by saying, that, and this isn't paranoia, he is most certainly refereed to a different standard in Scotland. He is, he absolutely is. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, sometimes comes um, across that way anyway. Yeah. So you I mean, I think he, carry on. You can't, help but, you can't help but, sorry Martin, you can't help but think that um, if you reverse the roles, this week we've seen in an Edinburgh derby um, a hip striker stamp down on um, the hearts right back, Claire, I think it was. Um, and despite sorry, Mr Clancy looking straight at it, eyeballing it, to all intents and purposes, nothing. If the roles are reversed and Morelos is putting his boot down on that boy's back, it's a straight red and it would be out his pocket the minute his studs came off the boy's shirt. There's no two ways about it. So he is refereed differently in this country. There's no question of it. With, with, with the stamp, the precedent's been set for a stamp after Griffiths. So um, well, okay. there's, there's, no, there's no way Clancy could have sent him off yesterday. Um, right. right, so let's talk about Tav, the captain. Um, there was a piece in the... Was it the... Matchday programme. Matchday programme, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. There's a piece in the matchday programme from Tav. Um, I haven't I haven't read it. I've just seen people talking about it online. Um, Tav's performances, I remember when he was out injured, me, myself included, and a lot of us were saying that the performances, were, we were missing Tav. We were missing his drive from right back. His defensive work had improved. But, um, William, I don't see any difference. And Tav, um, I've never been a, a great Tav fan. He has far too many mistakes that lead to goals. Um, he shouldn't be the captain. What's your opinion on Tav? I think sometimes he does get a bit unnecessary attention, I suppose, in a way. Like, I don't know. He's defensively, he's 
is questionable. But going forward, he's usually terrific. Usually putting things in a plate for Morelos. Um, but at the moment, I'm not even getting that. So I think it kind of brings his defensive kind of quality into question um, a lot more than if he was assisting and we were outscoring the opposition. But that's not happening at the moment. Scott, your your opinion on Tav? Uh, I, I I like him. Uh, he's he's like the classic fullback nowadays, and um, he's really good going forward. And, and it's one of the things I hate saying about your defenders how good they are going forward. How are they at their day job? Very poor, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think um, we've seen on too many occasions this season um, that he's had moments that have went against us. Um, and just not worked in our favour. And that, the other glaring one that comes to mind straight away is the one at Tyne Castle. Um, we had the, the European moment as well. Uh, so there's just there's been too many times where he's he's let himself down, and as the captain, do you know, it's it's, it's not good enough. Isn't it? But he strikes me as sort of guy that knows that himself. The worrying thing for me is that we're now reading the match day programmes that he's almost suggesting that. He doesn't think that the guys have got it to, to turn this around. He's not said that in as many words, but he's the, the sort of quote that's attributed to him kind of indicates that there's not a lot of faith there that they can turn this around. That's a huge worry. I mean, in times in the past, um, you know, Barry Ferguson would never have said that. Richard Goff would never have said that. Whether they believed it or not is an entirely different story, but there's no danger that that opinion would get out into a public forum. Absolutely not. So for our captain to think that we might just not be good enough to get out of this is it's not acceptable at all. Let's talk about his best pal, Connor Goldson. Um, I'll save my opinion on Connor for last. Um, okay. Scott, talk us through. Talk us through Connor Goldson. I I, I remember when um when Big Goldson came in, I thought he looked. He looks really handy, quite solid. Um, and every so often he would do this sort of thing, try and confuse the um, the opposition centre forward. He'd try and drag the ball and sort of play him around. And it came off a couple of times. He was absolutely going to try and do the same thing last night, uh, on Wednesday night, sorry, until he was closed down and he, he, there was nowhere for him to go. I think that we we should be looking. Our two centre halves should be there in the first instance to defend. I don't want our defenders to be fancy Dan or a wee trick here or a wee trick there. Just defend, just defend. I don't want you to do anything else. There's three midfielders ahead, and there's inevitably going to be another three guys up top. They can do all the fancy Dan stuff. Defend. That's your first protocol. Make sure you clear your lines. Why he never horsed the ball into the stand on Wednesday night? To just clear his lines, I do not know. I don't understand it at all. It seems to me to be, and I'm not, sorry, when I played football, I was never a centre half. Anyone who's listening that knows me will be able to verify that. But first rule of centre, being a centre half, defend, clear your lines when you need to, and he never done it on Wednesday. And it's hugely frustrating because he is a decent defender and he's, he's one of Gerard's go to guys. He must be the first. I'd, I'd be curious to know how many games he's missed. Since he came up here, um, he's one of the guys that the manager clearly trusts and fancies really heavily. But 
Wednesday night is a huge mark on his copybook. Well, Connor Goldson has split opinion basically since since the day he came to Ibrooks. Does he receive unfair criticism? I don't think so. I don't think it's as, as kind of unfair as any other guys, really. Sometimes it's needed. Sometimes it's wanted. It's kind of how they react. One of my biggest gripes with a guy is when he goes up for corners or set, set plays, um, he's always getting onto the end of things, but he's putting it about 20 foot in the air. It's incredible, really. Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me with Goldson is, see, see last night, if that's Katic, Katic misses the next four or five games. Yeah. Um, and it's not the first time Conor Goldson's cost us a goal. Now, I'm all for, you know, having faith in your centre-backs and and Conor Goldson's the vice-captain and all that, and that's, absolute, that's absolutely fine. I've, I've no issue with that. But if you're going to pull players, certain players out of the team every time they make a mistake, and these same players are sitting on that bench watching other players in their team make the same mistakes or even worse and keeping their place, that's no good for, for squad harmony, Scott. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the things I, I believe we're seeing just now is, is um, the importance of Hellander when he played. With him being a sort of left-sided centre-half, he, he gave us an automatic balance. So I've always felt that whoever the right-sided centre-half was, more often than not, Conor Goldson, I think he was he, he was a wee bit more reliable. Now, I don't know if he, if he sometimes feels that he's concerned over if it's Edmondson or Katic that's playing alongside him, he feels a bit more pressured. But I certainly felt when Hellander played, he seemed a bit more, maybe comfortable isn't the right word, but he, that's certainly the way that it, it looked. I actually think that Hellander's the best defender and we are missing him. Um, he doesn't have a, a great deal of pace about him, but I think as a defender, he's the best one we've got. If you, if you play week in, week out in Serie A, um, he's no dumpling, you know what I mean? No, he's absolutely no dumpling. He's no dumpling. Uh, Scott, last night Ryan Kent was on the bench. Um, yes. a, a decision that I would imagine that, that we all agreed with. Um, when he when he came on, did he do enough for you when he came on? Uh, he, he actually got in the ball um, quite a bit. There was actually um, a couple of moments in the second half he actually beat his man. And you know, I think historically when we watched him play, he's been playing this sort of inverted winger role. So he's kind of, as opposed to your traditional winger where he's sort of standing on the touch line and beating the man on the outside. He's been sitting narrower and moving inside. But when he came on last night, there was a couple of moments where he, he did get sort of beyond his man. And that was good to see. That's what you've paid the big bucks for ultimately. What you haven't paid the big bucks for is for him to sit on the bench, but his form absolutely warrants that. So it was good to see him come off the bench and look reasonably lively. Um, but he'll be looking to he'll be looking to get involved from the start perhaps starting this weekend, but he, his performances have to improve. He's not alone, but um, the performances have to get better for him to get back into a starting lineup. Well, I know he scored the goal against Braga, and that's going to bring in a few extra um, quid into the coffers. But is there a £7 million player in there? I think so. Um, but he's not really shown it for myself, anyway. Um, I think, was it, one or no league assists in 12 months. I don't think that's good enough for the position he's playing. Um, 
the amount of goals I think I should be contributing a bit more, especially some of the, the teams we're up against in the league and so just our budget compared to the rest, if you want to compare that, it, we should be blowing teams like Hamilton away and, and Kent should be a real big integral part of that. Scott, did we sign Kent because of his performances against Celtic? I think they certainly um, they certainly helped. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, the you, you couldn't look back in the the games against Celtic and say that the Kent wasn't uh, quite pivotal in the success that those games brought. So I probably what I I do think is that um, we have paid a huge amount of money for a boy that is arguably untried. Um, I mean, I think uh, he's not played a, a lot of seasons as a footballer. I'm not entirely sure his age is. I think he'll be 23, 24 perhaps. But I don't think he's played a, a huge amount of football despite being at varying different clubs. I mean, he's spent time in Germany. Um, I'm not sure if he was in France when he was at Liverpool, but he's he's been dotted in and around Europe quite a bit. And I think only now, and I think he said it himself when he signed permanently, at last he's got somewhere where he can sort of um, set up as a, a club that he can sort of forge a bit of a career with. He's going to need to pull his socks up for me and um, get right back into it because at the moment, what we're seeing from him isn't he good enough. And Willie's absolutely right. Um, the, the end product has to be so much better than it is. Just before we go on and speak about the manager, we're all low. Um, the, the league's done. We're out of the Cups. The Europa League's a great bonus. But um, moving forward, do we have enough players in that squad to be able to add a few and actually push Celtic and challenge for a league title? I'll come to you first, William. <sighs> I'd like to think we're only a couple of players away, but in evidence of late, probably a good few are needed, maybe another midfielder, maybe another option for up front and definitely another centre-back. Uh, I think we should be really looking to, to bring in quite a few in the summer. I'll change the question, Scott. Do we have the management team to push and take, make a challenge to Celtic? Well, listen, you know what my answer's going to be to this because I'm, I'm a, a huge advocate of Steven Gerrard and the guys behind him. So that's a, that's a really, really easy one for me and it's yes. What we do have just now is a, a, a squad of players that have too many big players that are off form. We also have a way that we play that only suits our leading goal scorer. He's in a dip of form and goodness knows what's going on in his life away from the football patch. Um, but that's causing us a problem as well. So the only way we can play, basically, in my eyes, suits Morelos. When Morelos is off form or suspended or just not around in the country, we've got an instant problem because we need to try and fill that void and we don't have anyone that can play that role with Morelos. Right, William. Stephen Gerrard, the gaffer. Um, when he first came in, every single one of us was buzzing. We were excited. He was a Champions League winner. He played at the top level. He played for England. He's came in, completely improved us, absolutely 100% improved the team. For you, can he take us forward? I hope so. I hope he, I hope he can, but sometimes he's a bit slow to bring on subs to try and change a game. 
Um, for whatever reason, he's wanting to stick with the I know formations are talked about all the time and I'm going to go on like I'm a football coach or something, but um, I think he needs to spice something up uh, while we're in this rut. And I, I, I'm sure he could if he really sits down and evaluates what's working and what isn't because it's working in Europe. It's the, the formation, I think, just suits us in Europe, just playing the kind of counter. And obviously when you're asked to break down teams domestically, it's... It's a different question. You're you're asking the players to go out there and create the opportunity, get a bit of flair, and it's just not happening. After the after the Hearts game, it felt like a a, a changing moment. I can't even think of the right word. A changing moment. Um, Gerard came out, said he had a lot to think about. Um, I expected big change going into the Hamilton game. So Scott, what does he do between now and the end of the season to convince the supporters that he's that he's lost, that he's the right man for the job? I think he's got he's got some big decisions to make as far as his um, defence is concerned. The the partnership at um, centre half, I think, is one that he's he's got history for chopping and changing a little bit on. Um, I think he's going to have to pick two guys and stick with them because listen, I think we can't get away from is that he's not going to change from that 4-3-3 formation that he plays that's the, that's just the way that he plays it's the way he sets up and that's the way it's going to be so I think he needs to pick two guys and stick with them um, the, the obvious problem you have with that is that we've went the last couple of games with um, Goldson and Edmondson Katic has been um, sat on the bench when Hellander comes back you wonder if Edmondson will be bombed out completely or if he'll be bombed to the bench because I reckon for the cash we paid for Hellander in the summer, there's no danger that that guy isn't going to start. So I suspect when he's fully fit, he's almost going to come straight back in. He's got a problem at right back because the, there's a, a definite um, communication um, breakdown between Tavernier and the support that's that's a problem for me um, I think that you have a situation where not a lot of the supporters are really getting Tavernier where he's going, is he, is he driving us forward, is he going through the motions a wee bit to the summer to try and get a move elsewhere, is he behaving like we expect from a captain I think there's varying different answers to each of these questions, I think he has to decide whether in the summer he's going to cash in on the guy or if he's going to take the captaincy off him. I don't think taking the captaincy off him and keeping him is necessarily the way to go. I think they need to either sort of thank him for his time and send him on his way. I, I saw a, a graphic um, during the week, I think it was after the, the Hearts game actually, and I'm sure he's played under something like six managers since he came to Ibrox. And he, the reality is, as far as Tavernier's concerned, I think he falls into one of the, the categories. He's going to be a footballer that may have a long career as far as a span of years is concerned. He's not going to win anything. And he, he, he kind of fits into that category with a few of our players. And now some of these guys are going to play for another five, six years and come out with nothing. They won't have a medal. They won't have anything to show for it. They'll maybe have a fancy motor and a big, nice house. But they won't have a medal. They'll have nothing. Imagine being the Rangers captain and being there for the length of time that you've been there and saying, 
I've got nothing for it. He's, he's, do you know what I mean? Guys don't want anything for me. Does not look like he's got that capability to drive us on and win something? It's a shame because he he seems like he's he's quite a, a likable sort of guy. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't think there's a, a sort of fearness of him. Um, but he, he's definitely going to be one of these guys that I think is going to split the supporters' opinion as the season goes on. And I think that's a problem for Gerard. I think that's a big, big problem for him. Should have asked this question first, but I'll ask it now. Final point on Gerard. If this was any other manager, if this was Alex McLeish, if this was Pedro Cuscini, if this was Graham Murray, and for two years in a row after the winter break, we capitulated. This this year capitulated worse than last year. Zero trophies out of six, and the only good thing that he's done has been progresses in Europe. Would he still be in a job? Um. I think it's hard to say. The, the, the one obvious um, statement that you can say is the, the, the sort of points that they've tallied up since coming back from Dubai um, is pretty rubbish. And it's not something that we expect as supporters of the football club. Um, we just expect a better return. Uh, from a points perspective, absolutely. From a performance perspective, absolutely. So, do you know what I mean? The supporters are following the team right around Europe, literally just now. Um, so they, they expect um, they expect better from them. So I think his name does carry him a little bit. I definitely do. Um, I still sort of sometimes, and I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but I still sometimes pinch myself when I think that Steven Gerrard is, is the Rangers manager. It seems very little time ago that we were playing games like FIFA and... Um, you were desperate to sign Steven Gerrard as he was playing for Liverpool. So I still think sometimes there's a, a bit of reality check there that he is um, the Rangers manager. But yeah, his name does carry him. Um, and the the performances and the points tally since we've came back after the new year um, just hasn't been fitting of Steven Gerrard or indeed Rangers. Well, towards the end of the game, Tavernier went off with an injury, um, which leaves space for possibly Polster. But the question I wanted to ask you was, do you see Gerard between now and the end of the season bringing in any youth players? Because the only evidence we've seen, he brought in young Patterson for one game at right back. Um, and then that, that was that. We've seen no more youth. And I actually thought the game against Hamilton was the perfect opportunity for Gerard to show the fans that he is willing to change and he is willing to put a bit of faith in youth when the team has shown him absolutely uh, no no confidence that they can perform. Um, so do you expect between now and the end of the season to maybe see Gerard bring in some more youth players? I think he could. Pro- he's probably going to go with the same, his, his usual kind of tried and trusted, probably Flanagan and a right back, although he's let him down a few time after time. Yeah. I think his body position, his, uh, his kind of movement, the way he kind of bomb, like, tries to run up and down the wing, like Tavernier, it's, he just looks like a centre-back, I think. He reminds me of the boy Sebastian Fury that used oh, to play with Rangers back <laughs> in the, the lower uh, ebbs of Scottish football. It's the glory days. The glory days, the banter years. Years, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um It just reminds me of that boy so much. Um, just the way he runs uh, and tries to get up the park. He, he's, he loves a challenge in that, don't get me wrong, but I think Patterson gives you a similar kind of shift to what Tavernier would. 
Plus, he's a young, he's a young Scottish boy coming through the youth system. It's what every fan wants to see, really. Do you, you think have to say as well, his surname's absolutely outstanding, albeit he spells it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you think, Scott, that the, the youth should be given a chance now towards the end of the season? Because let's be honest, the league's done, the league's gone. Um, well, you, could, you, couldn't, you couldn't say there's not an opportunity. I think what, what we do have just now is that a lot of our youth guys are, are actually, um, I would say, the better prospects indeed are, are out of other clubs just now. Stephen Kelly's at um, Air United. I think if he was still with us um, and not sort of getting the experience of first-team football just now, he'd be involved in the first-team squad right now. Um Boys like uh, Dapo Mabudi has been in and around uh, the sort of first team squad for I think a couple of years now, so he must be at the, the sort of stage where he's maybe champing at the bit just to get involved, maybe get a seat in the bench. You know what I mean? Just experience what it's like to be to be sitting in the bench with the the, the place full and the um, the atmosphere on type thing. So um, yes, I think there's there's definitely opportunity to do it. There's no two ways about it. I mean, there's. This week we've seen uh, Billy Gilmer play out of his skin against Liverpool, um, 18 years old, and he looks like he's been playing the game for years and he's been looking like he's been playing in that sort of standard of football for a long time. We've got guys like that that are in or around our youth setup right now. I speak about Leon King, um, who I believe is on the verge of signing something um, with us. Um, it would be good to get these guys involved and give them that experience because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like getting that experience and just seeing if they are good enough. Um, I'd be keen to see more of Nathan Patterson at right back, particularly if Tavernier is going to be missing for a couple of weeks. Um, and of course, the, the, you continue here on the good reports about Kai Kennedy. Um, so these are all guys who you'd expect to maybe see between now and the end of the season, particularly if we were to have any more, and I hope we don't, Results that don't go in our favour. All right, guys, we'll leave the team and Gerard conundrum there and we shall move on to preview Sunday's game against Ross County. Well, when you're in a poor run of form and the confidence is low and you can't beat Hamilton at home, the last place you want to go to is Dingwall. Spot on, yeah. Um, it's usually a tricky fixture. Um, <sighs> Whether the team will be wakened at 12, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> the last time we went up there, we had a, a really good result, though, didn't we? It was, I think it was 4 nothing, if uh, I remember right. And we, yeah. we, we completely bossed the game, I think, from start to finish. It's probably one of our best performances out with the yeah. Old Firm game. Uh, um, or the Old Firm games, should I say. Um, I feel like they're still a kind of dangerous side because they got a, a decent result a couple of weeks ago against Aberdeen at Pataudry. So they've clearly got the, the the capabilities to make things difficult, that's for sure, especially the way we're playing. Well, Aberdeen only play four times a year, don't they? Um, <laughs> Scott, what are you looking for on Sunday? You know, Martin, this was one of these games um, that actually pre-Christmas, when you looked at the games that were coming... After the, so we had a, a sort of cluster of difficult games that we managed to work our way through really well and lead up to the trip to um, Celtic Park before Christmas time. Really, really tough games and games that I think we were we managed really well. And you always looked ahead to think, well, we're not going to have 
maybe a selection of games that aren't so difficult the other side of Christmas. I think the trip to Dingwall is maybe one of these games that you almost automatically think, listen, we'll go up there and get a result. Herrera scored up there, for goodness sake, so we should be okay to go up there and, and, and bring three points back down the road. Current form, you, you, I don't think you go up there with a great degree of confidence. You'd like to think you go up there and win comfortably. Are you confident that you do it? I'm not sure in the current climate we are. Um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll sort of go with a sort of standard formation, 4-3-3. Interesting to see what he does at right back, as we spoke about earlier on tonight. Um, and it would be good for um, Morelos and Camberry to get some time together as well. Um, it'll be an interesting game. I, I, I think we, we should go up there and really blow some of the cobwebs away and get shot of this continuous hangover that we've seems to have um, fell over us since Dubai. Um, let's just get out of our system um, and really have a bash at them on Sunday. Have you got the confidence in the players, Wally, that we can go up there on Sunday and put in a performance? I always have the confidence in the team, to be honest, but uh, it slowly drains out me, that's for sure, after about 45 minutes of watching it, because usually we're starting so slow. We're no kind of I don't know. It doesn't look like we're going to score at present. That's two games in a row we've failed to score in. I couldn't tell you the last time that happened, to be completely honest. No, Scott, we don't look at scoring, do we? <laughs> you can't score no, I mean, three it, yards out, then you're, you're in trouble. It's, it's not been... Um, I think uh, you've got, as I said, on Wednesday night, I think Willie said earlier on, we had created something like 16 chances in the game. Um, and to not score one is pretty putrid to a perfect honest way, particularly when we've got guys like Morelos in the park. Camberry was there, Hadji was there, the foe came on the pitch, so it's, it's it's difficult to comprehend how we never managed to get a goal on the night. Hearts, I felt, was a bit of a um, different proposition because I just thought we were pretty rotten there. Um, but we need to we need to leave these games where they are now, to be honest with you guys, you know what I mean? We, we need to sort of look ahead to the next game that's Ross County and we need to, to go up there in the belief that we can score a, a couple of goals and we can get a confidence back and we can sort of get the machine turning again because by Jove we've got a really tough game next Thursday night and then again the Sunday after it so we need to sort of we have to get a win on Sunday there's no two ways about it because the next two games that follow then are massive for Gerard. absolutely massive I suppose if we don't get the win, though, the Leverkusen scouts will be wondering what the hell are right. we coming up against. Absolutely. <laughs> it might, it might, Absolutely. It might help right. us against Leverkusen. It might, yeah. Right, guys, final word tonight. Um, give me your predicted lineups for Sunday. You first, Willie. Give me a wee second. I need to figure out who's no injured. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it'll be McGregor and goals. I reckon Patterson right back. I'll put my neck in the line there and say that. Uh, Goldson, Edmondson and Barisic left back. Uh, midfield, it'll probably be the three, so I'll just try and guess. It'll maybe be Aribo, Davis. I don't think he'll risk Jack because it's Thursday. And Dill Firm coming up after that. So we'll probably just go with the same midfield. As crazy as that sounds, because of the injuries. Um, 
and I think he'll bring Kent back into the side with Morelos and Haji, kind of the, the strikers or the three up front, so to speak. I think Camberry will be on the bench. He seems to have a better impact, I think, coming off the bench so far. Scott, does Goldson start on Sunday for you? 100%. I don't think there's any debate about it. I think he'll start. Whether he should start or not, I think it's a different argument. I'm not sure I'm in that camp, but I think he'll absolutely start. Um, my team for the weekend would be, I think he'll start, uh, obviously McGregor. He'll start a back four of, I think he will start Patterson. Because Tavernier left the pitch and didn't look um, too clever at all. I think he'll go with Goldson, Edmondson and Barisic. Across the centre of the park, I think he'll go Aribo, Jack and Davis. Um, I think he will go with Hadji, Kent and Morelos. I'd like to see Arfield back at the weekend. It's a shame that he got injured because he was in a really decent vein of form. Um, so it would be good to have him back on the bench and get some game time prior to the Leverkusen game and indeed the Celtic game next Sunday. But it's Ross County first. We need to take care of that game in the first instance. I pretty much agree with your team, Scott, although I don't think he'll play Patterson. I think he'll bring in Polster at right back. Yeah. Um, Polster's got a hamstring injury, though. I think Gerald said that. Right, well, he won't bring think, in and poster it right back then. Oh. I think it's a di- listen, there's an, I think there's an, there's an obvious replacement at right back if he wasn't going to play Patterson and it's Flanagan, but Flanagan's been bombed on account of him being pretty rotten when Gerrard's went to rely on him on the last couple of occasions. So he would be an easy in as far as replacing um, Tavernier's concerned. It'll be interesting as well. One um, point that came on Wednesday night when Tavernier went off, the um, the captain's armband was hossed across to Conor Goldson and you could there was a collective sigh of disgust around the guys around him because he'd made such a mess of things sort of 10, 20 minutes before. So it'll be interesting to see if if uh, Tavernier doesn't start, he'll come out with the captain's armband on Sunday. Um, there's a few candidates in there. Personally, I would give it to Ryan Jack. Um, I think it's something that you need to earn and I'm not sure Goldson, after his shenanigans on Wednesday, he's done enough to earn that. Uh, Armband on Wednesday night. Captain for me is McGregor. Um, I don't think Jack's head's in the right place right now, if I'm being completely honest. The last couple of performances I've seen, I don't know if he's he's carrying a knock and and Mm -hmm. he's been rushed back because we are in such poor form. But right now, the only person on that pitch that's shown me that they care is Alan McGregor. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Score lines, William. I'll go two 0 Ross County. Rangers. <laughs> Rangers. Scott. I I think we'll we'll win three one up there on Sunday. I don't think we'll come away with a clean sheet, which would be really disappointing because, um, you know they got a doing during the week, um, at Motherwell. I I think they will score against us. Um, but you just have to hope that we've got enough in the locker to, to go up there and, and get three points and just as I say get back into a rhythm because the next two games that follow quick after Ross County are huge they're absolutely massive games um, and Ibrox will need to be absolutely bouncing for, for either tie um, so 3-1 for me on Sunday OK guys well I think we'll leave it there for the first pod um, how did you find it? 
nerve wracking. <laughs> Loved it, Martin. Loved it. Okay, though, guys. Well, listen, thanks very much to everybody who's downloaded. It's only our first episode, so we will get better. Um, and <laughs> I hope so, anyway. <laughs> um, I'd just like to say thank you to Scott. Thanks, Martin. Thanks very much. And thank you to William. Yep. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Scott. And we'll, spe- we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. <laughs>